Well, I mentioned how much I appreciate Jim and all the team, and I wanted to say again how much I appreciate them being here and uh, being supportive while we were out and about. Uh, Our sister church in Quitman greets you. Uh, Great uh, uh, extended family that we have there. And so uh, we're just honored to be back here. I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture this morning, Ephesians chapter 1 and Romans 8. Ephesians 1 and Romans 8. And we're going to continue talking about uh, being blessed, learning to live beneath the banner of God's blessing. How many of you know it's, it's easy to get out from under the banner of God's blessing? What happened to Adam and Eve? They were living the blessed life. How many of you know uh, the Garden of Eden, Eden was the blessed life? But they moved out from under that blessing, that banner of blessing, because of sin in their life. And from that day until now, God has been endeavoring to get us back under the banner of his blessing uh, in our life. Because we've learned in a number of places, and I won't rehearse everything we've talked about, but we learned even in the beginning there with Adam and Eve, what did he do? He created them and he did what? He, the first thing he did after he created all, all of the world and all the beautiful things that we enjoy and he created Adam and Eve, the next thing he did, it says, and God blessed them. That's the nature of God. Look at your, look at your neighbor, somebody next to you say, it's God's nature to want to bless you. He really does. He wants to bless you. That's the nature of God, our Father. He wants to be a blessing. I don't know about you, but as a father, it's my nature to want to bless my children. And that's the nature of God. He wants to bless us. In fact, I love the word blessed from, from the, from scripture, Old Testament and new. In fact, Phil Robertson from, uh, Duck Dynasty, is it Duck Dynasty? He's got it right. What's his little saying? It's, come on. I know y'all been watching Duck Dynasty. What does he say? Happy, happy, happy. Somebody say happy, happy, happy. And you know what? That's a big part of what that word being blessed means. It means being very happy. I love this. It also means to be level, right, and happy. You see, there's a lot of people out of balance in life because they're out from under the blessing of God in their life. The New Testament word means supremely blessed, well-off, fortunate, happy. That's God's nature. That's God's desire is to put you and to, and to cause you to live back under that banner of blessing for your life. We also looked at Deuteronomy 28, which has been kind of our keynote verse. And I want to encourage you to look at that. In fact, gosh, mm, y'all want to go over there and just read it one more time. Let's do that. Let's, let's do it because it just defines the nature of God over our life. Deuteronomy 28, uh, it's just a powerful uh, declaration of God's desire to bless us. And it says, verse 1, let me just read these verses. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you this day that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Now, I like that. How many of you want to move to a place where the blessings of God, you're not trying to track them down, they're chasing you down? About half of them. I'm tired of chasing them down. I want them to chase me down. And if we move to a place and we, we begin to get our lives to the place where we're obeying the voice of the Lord, that'll overtake us because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. We've already talked about that. You see, the way we move back under the banner of God's blessing, the first thing we talked about is, is living a life of obedience to the voice of God in our life. 
And he goes on to say, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bow. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise against, I would have said amen right there. The Lord will cause the enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on your storehouses and I'm going to pause right there just for the sake of your opportunity the Lord will command the blessing on all your storehouses and in all which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods somebody say plenty of goods you see he's not Jehovah just enough I'm making up new names for God. He's not that. He's Jehovah more than enough. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who will provide. The Lord will establish you and he will will give you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body and in the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. Ooh, man. The heavens to give the rain in their land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand and you shall lend to many nations and not borrow and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail and you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you today and are careful to observe them somebody say amen I'm telling you, there is a boatload of blessing in that passage of Scripture. And, uh, and God wants to bless us. Now, here's your tweetable tidbit. Let me give you a tweetable tidbit this morning. And it is this. Uh, it's normal as a child of God to live beneath the banner of His blessing. It's called our inheritance. That ought to be normal for the child of God. The problem is most of God's ki- kids are not living beneath that banner of God's blessing. And so things are abnormal. It's abnormal for God's kids not to be blessed. And the only reason we're not blessed is because we have moved ourselves away from and under, out from underneath the banner of God's blessing in our life. And so that's what we've been talking about for the last, this is now the fourth uh, uh, Sunday. Uh, and, and hey, I'm going to hang with it for a while because God wants to bless us. Now, let me tell you something. I'm talking about something that is so much more deeper than having more money than you have month. Most of you think you're really moving. <laughs> You're really blessed when you got more money than you got month. I'm not talking about just more money than you got month. Now, how many of you appreciate it when you have more money than you got month? Most of the time, most of us have more month than we got money, right? God wants to, he does want to turn that around, but I'm talking about something way beyond having more money uh, than you have uh, month. And I'll never forget my father years ago, I can take you to the place, the little shack we lived in in Rocket, Texas. Anybody ever been to Rocket, Texas? I can remember this and I w- couldn't have been but in about first grade, but I remember my daddy dancing in the living room of that little slat board house we lived in and dancing around with a hundred dollar bill in his hand. It's the first hundred dollars he ever owned that he didn't owe to anybody. Man, I'm telling you, he was living the blessed life. We had 
couches that had holes in them, but we had $100 that we didn't know anybody. And I'll never forget that, but it's so much more than, than that. And that's what you'll, you and I will begin to learn, that living under the banner of God's blessing has so much more to do than our pocketbook. In fact, how many of you know you can have a, you can have, wear alligator shoes and can't sleep at night or can't walk straight and live in a king size, sleep in a king size bed and you can't sleep at night. It's not money. It's not possessions. He gives us all those things to enjoy, but that's not what brings us into the place of the blessing of God. And it ought to be normal for you to live in a place where you're happy and content and joyful and level and right and supremely blessed and Everybody say it, happy, happy, happy. That ought to be the normal life that we live. How many of you want to get back to normal when it comes to the things of God? Amen. And so, now, with that in mind, I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to read to you, in fact, we're going to camp out in Ephesians 1, these first 14 verses, for at least the next, not counting this Sunday, but the next five weeks. And let me read them to you because, ooh, my goodness, this thing is chock full of the blessings of God. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, to the saints who are in Beaumont, and the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now catch this, verse 3, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose, now, gosh, I'm going to comment here. Did you see that? He has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing. Everyone say every spiritual blessing. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption. Now what he's beginning to do, he's about he's outlining these blessings and some of the blessings of God, which we're going to look at in the next five, six weeks. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ, to him himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made abound to us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven, which are on earth and in him, and in him all we have obtained, uh, in him also we have obtained an inheritance there it is. Everyone say an inheritance. Which he purposed, uh, uh, an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also you have believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of that purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And everybody said amen. Now I know I gave you a lot there, but here's Here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin digesting these verses over the next few weeks because it is chock full of revelation and insight. And I've picked out uh, six uh, uh, real spiritual blessings that we're going to be looking at here. Uh, and I'm going to begin to give them out to you. And you're going to begin to discover some of these spiritual blessings that God has given us uh, and, and that if we'll 
appropriate them in our life and apply them in our life, we'll move back under the banner of God's blessing for our life. And so I want you to begin to just digest these verses, just meditate on them, let them begin to grow in you, and they'll make a huge difference in your life. Now, a number of years ago, something dramatic happened to me. Early on in my Christian walk that affected me for the rest of my life and affects me even today. And it is this. I was reading one day years ago through some of my father's important papers. How many of you got a place where you have important papers? I was reading through some of my father's important papers and I discovered something that I never knew. I discovered that I was adopted. And it changed my life. It changed the way I viewed life. It changed the way I viewed my family. It changed the way I viewed my future. It changed every aspect of my life. You see, the important papers that I was reading was the Word of God. And I discovered that my Heavenly Father adopted me. And that I was special. And it changed my life. Everything about me changed. And in just a few moments, we're going to look at one of these, one of these blessings that Paul the Apostle begins to outline in Ephesians chapter 1. He says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. The first one we're going to look at in just a moment is the blessing of adoption. We've been adopted in the ne- into the kingdom of God. And next week, should the Lord tarry, we're going to look at the blessing of grace. Oh, my goodness. The, the, without grace. For by grace you are saved through faith. Oh, it's in there, verse 6. In fact, it, I see I want to preach that too right now. I, I just have to tell you, and we'll look at it. And then the next one is the blessing of redemption. We've been redeemed. We've been paid for. Our sins have been paid for. And then the next one is the blessing of revelation. Verse 9, he's made known to us the mystery of his will. It's the revelation of God in our life. Number 6, it's the blessing of heaven. How many of you appreciate heaven? Ike, are you with me or are we stuck? Here we go. Revelation and the blessing of heaven. Oh, we're going to talk about heaven. How many of you know we ought to talk about heaven? We may have to talk about hell a little bit too, but thank God for heaven. And, and hey, it's in there. And then the last one is the blessing of his spirit. My goodness. That's where we're heading over the next six weeks. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And how many of you know adoption, grace, redemption, revelation, and heaven and his spirit are much more than more money than you have month? Amen. And so we're moving to a whole new level. Thank God for his provision, his natural provision. But he gives us things that money cannot buy. And this is the inheritance we have as the children of God. And so I want you to begin to digest these verses, begin to get ahead of the the game and begin to meditate on the blessing of adoption and begin to meditate on the message of grace in your life and, and redemption and revelation in heaven and the power of his spirit in your life. Man, I'm jazzed about the next six weeks. In fact, I got a feeling that what I'm going to tell you over the next six weeks is going to be a part of our Encourage TV broadcast because the God's people all over Southeast Texas need to understand the blessings they have in Christ. Amen. And so here we go. Uh, Everyone say, if you're born again Christian, just say, thank God I've been adopted. 
My goodness, and I don't know if there's anyone here who've actually been adopted uh, by your parents uh, and you were an orphan or whatever. You know what? That tends to, we have the natural reaction of it being a negative. We lend ourselves to the negative. Well, somebody put me up. Somebody did not want me or some circumstance of my life, some trauma put me at a place where, where my biological parents either couldn't take care of me or did not want me. And we think about that, but hey, we got to move past that and realize, yeah, but somebody chose me. Somebody did want me. Amen. I thank God that even though I was on my way to a devil's hell, I was ready to split hell wide open and I was, uh, I was dead dead in my trespasses and sins and I was a, a miserable poor blind and naked that God looked down from heaven and he said I love him and I want to adopt him into my family Woo, that's what we're going to talk about it's the blessing of adoption we've been adopted in fact let, uh, you turn to Romans turn over to turn back to Romans chapter 8 let me just show it to you some of my father's important papers that I was reading verse 14 of chapter 8, Paul said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of what? Adoption. By whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. All the children of God say amen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we've been adopted into the family of God, and I want to tell you a little bit about the blessing of adoption. I want you to begin to discover with me the true blessing that is found in the revelation and the insight that we've been adopted into the family of God. Three simple thoughts, and the first one is this, as you see. Uh, it's, it, this blessing of adoption is discovered in the choosing. You see, he chose us. In fact, what does it say in verse 4 of chapter 1 in Ephesians? Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And he chose us, it goes on to say, uh, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You see, he chose us. He picked us. Now, I know personally the power and the impact of being chosen. It goes way back to my early years. How many of you can remember some of your early years? There's some things that I remember where that just so impressed my heart and life. I can remember in, on the playground in Red Oak, Texas, playing Red Rover, Red Rover. Let Sammy come over. It just thrilled me when people would call my name. I felt like I was special. Am I the only one? I remember, you know, when you pick up sides to play whatever you're going to play, either touch football or baseball, and oh, if you were one of the first ones to get picked by the captains, I never was the captain. I don't know what, what got you to be the captain. Uh, but uh, oh, when they'd say, I want Sam on my team. I mean, I just, something would rise up on the inside of me and go, oh, I feel, somebody wants me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Conversely, I know, the, I know the impact of not being chosen. You ever been the last one? Well, I guess you're on my team. Well, that just gives you the warm fuzzies all over. And I remember a young lady in my, I think I was in second grade. I had a crush on a young lady. I'm going to call her name in case she's out there somewhere in recorded land. Terry Duke. I loved her. 
but she didn't choose me. And my friend John Edwards came up to me and bragged about how she kissed him on the playground. Broke my heart. I'm still in counseling today. I know what it feels like not to be chosen. But I also know what it feels like for God to look down. Even when I was broke, busted, and disgusted. To choose me. Now here's what you and I need to understand. He didn't choose us because of who we are. He chose us in spite of who we are. That's what makes us special. Because how many of you, all of us don't deserve to be where we are today. But he chose us. It says he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus in him. You see, if you and I will embrace this reality that we've been chosen by God, he just chose us because of, uh, of, of his nature and his love for us and even in spite of us. In fact, I love what G- Jesus said in John 17, verse 16. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Wow. He chose you. Look at your neighbor and say, he chose you. Hey, listen, it wasn't rock, paper, scissors. It wasn't the luck of the draw. It wasn't just the fact that it was just the, the default. Well, I... Okay, Chris, I guess you're on my team. It was from a reason and a purpose that we'll see more and more clearly in just a few moments. But just if we can embrace the reality that God chose us. He reached down even before time began and he said, hey, I want you in my family. That ought to change the way we live in life. And some people, did you know some people live out from under God's uh, mindset for their life and they, they really don't feel like they're worthy for God to bless them because of this, that, or the other. And, and so, therefore, they, and, and when blessings get close to them, oh, no, no, I don't feel worthy. In fact, they're just, oh, I, I can't, I, because you just don't feel like you deserve to be blessed by God. Could I tell you today, he's already chosen you before the foundation of the world to be a part of his family. Amen. He said, I chose you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And, and, and he said, I've appointed you that you should go forth and do what? Bear much fruit. He wants to bless you. He wants you to understand that you've been chosen. I love one of my favorite passages in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, in, in fact, this is what gave, just blessed me as a young man who didn't feel very worthy uh, to be a, a part of the kingdom of God, didn't feel very worthy to be a part of the blessing of God, didn't feel very worthy to be considered a minister of the gospel. Verse 27, oh gosh, verse 26. For see your calling, brethren, that there are not many wise according to the flesh, not Not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen. Somebody say, God has chosen. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen. That's me. And it says the reason he did. He chose those things which are not to bring to nothing those things which are that no flesh should glory in his presence. You see, the blessing of adoption is discovered in the choosing. He chose you. He chose you. In fact, 
Peter said this in 1 Peter chapter 2. We used to sing it. Ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You see, the revelation of adoption ought to get us to the place where we realize God chose us, not because of who we were, but in spite of who we were. That makes it all the better than when we didn't deserve it, we didn't line up to it, we weren't worthy. Even before the foundation of the world, God chose you. Hey, somebody say amen. The blessing of, dis- of adoption is discovered in the choosing. Number two, write this down. The blessing of, ad- of adoption is discovered in the planning. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, God has a plan for our life. He didn't just choose us just to sit soaking sour. He has a plan for our life. And when he looked down and he chose us, the Bible says he had a plan and a purpose and a reason for our being. And I want to outline just some things with you this morning that I see in this passage of Scripture when it says God chose you before the foundation of the world, verse 4, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. The first thing I see is this, the planning of God, the plan of God and, and how he chose us. He had a plan of eternal likeness. He wants us to be like him. You see, we were born in his likeness, right? I don't know if there's anybody here had twin or is a twin. Any twins that are identical twins, or is it identical fraternal? Fraternal? Any identical twins here? Uh, It's just amazing to me. You ever seen the identical twins? You go, you know, which one's which? Well, God created us in His image. But what happened, sin came along and polluted that image. And so when God would look down on us, he, he, he would, if God could be sad, he was sad because no longer did we look like him. Sin perverted us and twisted us and mangled us. And God's plan, when he adopted us, he redeemed us and adopted us, was to make us back into his image. And what does it say, verse 4? It says he predestined us to adoption as sons. Oh, verse 4, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That's the plan of God, to be like him. And he's in that process right now. I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says. It says this uh, about the fact that God, it says, we with unveiled face, verse 18, we behold the presence of the Lord. We are being transformed back into his image by the Spirit of God. God's at work in your heart. His plan for you to once again is be like him. Amen. You see, adoption, the blessing of adoption is discovered in the plan of God for our life. His plan and purpose for you is to be restored and transformed back into the image of Christ. Number two, I see it's his plan of eternal closeness. Because what does it say? It says this, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him. Everyone say before him. Come on, everybody say before him. I love these two words. That word before means this. It means, hey, uh, directly in front of him. Not just semi-close. 
But God's plan for your life, listen carefully, when he adopted you, he said, I want you to be like me once again, but also want you to be right in in, in line with me. I want us to be close once again. I don't want sin to separate us. I want me to be right in front of your life. In fact, how many of you know the promise of God? The last words Jesus said before he left planet Earth in the Great Commission, he said, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He doesn't ever want to leave you. He, He always wants to be close to you. That's his plan. That's why he adopted you into the family of God. So you could be like him and you and him could be close. We could be close with our Savior once again. You see, the blessing of adoption is discovering it in the plan of God. It's a plan of likeness, eternal likeness. It's a plan of eternal closeness. But number three, it's it's a plan of eternal love. God loves you forever and ever. Amen. 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 In fact, look what it says. Verse 4. His plan for us, His design. He predestined us. He chose us that we should be holy without blame before Him in love. Now, the biggest little word in the Bible, once again, in fixed position. He said, my plan for you is to love you forever and ever. Amen. And My love will never change. It's fixed. My eyes are fixed on you. I'm returning, we're returning together in close relationship with one another, and I love you forever. His plan is to never stop loving you. In fact, did you know this? In Roman law, and this is what Paul knew when he wrote that we've been adopted in the family of God. In Roman law, if you adopted someone into your family for the purpose of, a, of, of inheritance, you could never unadopt them. You could never disown them. Come on, everybody needs to listen here. Because let me just throw this out to you. I am a firm believer that once you've been adopted into the family, you can never be unadopted. God does not have schizophrenic kids who every day wonder if they're his child or not his child. Come on now, I'm just going to preach to you. I believe once you're born again, you're born again. You belong to him. You are forever his kid. He will never unadopt you. Why? Because of his love for you. And when he adopted you, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I love you forever and ever. Amen. I love what the song we sing out of Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. You see, the blessing of adoption is found in God's plan to get you back into his likeness, to stay close to you and to love you forever. For you to have a confidence in knowing that he's never gonna turn his back on you. In fact, what did God do? He turned his back on his only begotten son so he would never have to turn his back on you. What a blessing. Everybody say, I feel secure. That's the plan of God for our life. In fact, I love what Isaiah said. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 56. He said, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I'm going to start over. Isaiah 56, 5. Even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Somebody say amen. 
He adopted us into his family and we can never be unadopted. We have an eternal security of our love relationship with God. Amen. And finally, his plan is a plan of eternal purpose. God has an eternal purpose for our life. He, you see, he adopted you because you, you have a purpose and a reason for being. And one of the biggest depressing things on planet Earth that, that, that uh, psychiatrists and psychologists have discovered among humanity is when people get depressed and, and downtrodden is because they lose their sense of purpose in life. I wonder why the purpose-driven life was so successful because people all over the world are trying to rediscover their purpose and their reason for being. And God's plan for you is one of eternal purpose. You have a divine purpose and reason for being. In fact, the word predestined has, means predetermined destiny. God has a plan for your life. It's not just happenstance. It's not rock, paper, scissors. God has it all planned out. It doesn't guarantee your safe arrival, but it does mean this. In, in fact, how many of you as parents when you look at your kids, you look and say, well, I guess they're a blank slate. I'll leave them to their own devices and somehow maybe they'll find a purpose for their life. I don't really know where they're headed. I don't really care what's going on in their life. That's not you. That's not God. God looked down and he said, I've got a plan for you and I'm, I have a dream and a vision for you. We've got to just cooperate. Amen. Amen. But when he adopted you into the family, it's because he had an eternal purpose and a reason for being. In fact, remember what I read. Jesus said, I've, you didn't chose, choose me, but I chose you. He chose us. Why? So we could bear much fruit. We have an eternal purpose. We have a reason for being. And God wants us to begin to rediscover that purpose in our life. And finally, number three. I love this one. The blessing of adoption is not only discovered in the choosing and not only discovered in God's planning, but the blessing of, of adoption is discovered in the determining. Look in verse 5. I mentioned to it, just you mentioned this word, having predestined us to adoption. Predetermined destiny. In fact, let me show you this next part. It says in verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to him himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Everyone say the good pleasure of his will. That word will, come on everybody say the good pleasure of his will. That word will means his determination. According to the good will of his de determination over you. Now, catch this. God is determined with you. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to quit on you. That's where I'd have said amen. He has a determination over your life. And when he adopts you, he chooses you. And he says, I'm going to love you forever. He has a predetermined determination about your life. And it's not left to happenstance. Now, are we people of choice? Absolutely. Do we have a choice in the matter? Absolutely. But you know what God's predetermined choice was over you? To be his son and his daughter. His predetermined plan for your life. You see, there are people here in this room today who down deep inside, you believe you're a mistake. I know Laura has security in her identity. 
But she was not a planned child. She was one of those, OMG. And once we got over the OMG, we began to embrace her. She's very secure in her identity. But there's others that are here today who you never got beyond that. Maybe your past. People in your life, the circumstances of your life, people have told you, well, you're just a mistake. Let me come to tell you today, there are no mistakes with God. And He has a predetermined plan and a destiny for your life. And that was to be a son and a daughter of God. To be close to God. That's why you're here today. You're special. Look at your neighbor and say, you're special. He's determined over you. Now, catch this and we're going to close. Redemption, and we'll talk about it, does not determine relationship. It's just ownership, right? When God redeemed us, we became His purchased possession. Follow me. But when He redeemed us with His blood, and that's all He needed to do to get us to heaven. Do you, you do realize that? To pay for our sins with his blood, he redeemed us. We're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. But he went beyond that. He said, not only have I redeemed you, but I'm adopting you. And it's in the adoption that determines relationship. Did you catch it? Thank God for redemption. But he didn't stop there. He adopted us. Because he has a predetermined plan. For you to be his child and to fellowship with him and to be like him. You see, the blessing of adoption is found in the determination of God over your life. Listen carefully. For some of you, it took a while. God knocking on the door of your hearts. Some of you may have given your life to Christ as little children in VBS or Sunday school. But wherever you are today, God's still determined. And he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to them and sup with them and they with me. You see, the fact that he adopted you means he wants to be with you. He wants you to be family. He wants you to get past your daddy issues. I found out a lot of people got daddy issues. Sometimes I watch these Phil, Dr. Phil shows and my big question is, where's the daddy? God the Father. You see, years ago, I was reading some of the Father's important papers. 
And I discovered that he adopted me. He didn't just pay for my sin out of duty to... Jesus didn't just pay for my sin out of duty to his Father. But he did so so his Father could adopt me. In fact, I'm going to close with this verse. Galatians. Paul said this. Father, I thank you I've been adopted. I thank you, Lord, that you caused me to be your child. He said in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. There's redemption. That we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer slaves, but a son. And if you're a son, then you're an heir of God through Christ. Found out a long time ago I was special to God. That He chose me. That He loves me. And He's determined over me. Amen. What a blessing. We didn't deserve it, but He chose us. And he's got a great plan for us. And he's determined that we understand and embrace that we're part of his family. No longer slaves, but a son. That makes me an heir of God. I'm worthy. Not because of what I've done. Because of what he's done for me. I'm a king's kid. Head up. Shoulders back. Depression gone. I belong to God. He's my father. And I cry out, Abba, Father. Let's stand together today. I feel there's healing in the house. It's just one minute after 12. We won't be long. But I feel inclined of the Spirit of God to pray for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't want to be insensitive here, but I've got to say it this way. If you've got daddy issues, 
God wants you to get past that. To realize He is our Heavenly Father. And whatever He did has overwhelmed and undermined anything your past could ever have brought to bear in your life. Whatever pain, whatever trauma, the Heavenly Father is here today to give you a revelation and an insight that you now belong to Him and He is your Heavenly Father. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to embarrass you today. I'm not going to even ask you to come forward in this setting. But I'm going to pray for you today. If, if you realize that some of the root issues of your life stem from traumas in your life that are based on daddy issues. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just lift up your hands. I know that's me. I Gosh, I, that's plain as the nose on my face I understand that hands are going up everywhere listen God chose you I'm going to pray for you right now in fact some of you are so laden down with this that you were fearful to lift your hand because you're just afraid to touch this area of pain in your life you got to understand Jesus touched it before the foundations of the world when he said I'm going to adopt you into my family move you past the past father today i thank you for the power of adoption the blessing of adoption i pray lord god that everyone here would begin to embrace this reality and begin to discover that they've been chosen by god and god has a plan for their life and he's determined over their life for them to live and be his children to fellowship with you i pray today that that revelation would begin to set up resonance in every heart and for those, Lord, that struggle with father issues in their life, I pray you would reveal yourself to them today as a loving Heavenly Father who has reached out with compassionate care and adopted them before the foundation of the world into the family of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never given your life to Christ, today would be a great day just to say, I trust you for the rest of my life, Jesus. The Bible says if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll become his child. You'd be born again and be adopted into the family. If that's you today, and you can say, Pastor, I, today I need to give my life to, to Christ. As we close this service, lift your hand. I'm going to pray for you as well. Anyone here today say, I know I'm lost. I know I'm separated from God and I, I want to get back in relationship with Him. I, I want to get back under the banner of, His, of the Father's blessing in my life. Anyone here, just lift your hand and say, that's me. I need Him in my life. Finally today, if you're here and you know you're not living under the banner of God's blessing, but you want to begin to adjust your world to get back into that blessed moment with God, I'm going to pray for you today as well. Father, wherever the, these folks are today, I pray, God, you would adjust their world, help them adjust their world to begin to hear the word of God and begin to respond and obey your voice. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.